Guys, welcome to the I Love Seville Show. My name is Jerry Miller. It's good to be with you guys on a Monday afternoon. Truly our pleasure to connect with you guys through this network. We look forward to it, man. Um, I enjoy just talking about this community on, on, on every social platform known to mankind. Um, today's show is stockpiled with local content and local news. Um, content, I don't think you're getting many other places. And I think that's why the show has kind of grown in popularity. Um, I want to highlight the following stories today. I want to highlight um, a, a level of hypocrisy that I'm seeing bubbling within Charlottesville city limits and within the halls of um, local government. I want to highlight a level of hypocrisy that we need to have a frank conversation about when it comes to affordability, housing, upzoning, and, 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 and our local politics. And I'm going to try to compare and contrast a project on the Rivanna River and High Street with what many of this community are completely divided about, and that's upzoning. Um, I'll highlight hypocrisy that is tangible and palpable, and I'm going to ask Lloyd Snook and Brian Pinkston and Juan Diego Wade and Leah Perrier and Michael Payne um, if they realize the, the hypocrisy is as palpable and tangible as, as many of us are seeing and feeling right now. That's going to be the second topic of today's show. The first topic of today's show is going to be Deshad Cooper. Um, I think Deshad Cooper is in a position right now where he's going to have to maybe issue a statement because Deshad Cooper is utilizing, um, or at least the folks on Reddit think, he has utilized ChatGBT to answer a Charlottesville Tomorrow, Tomorrow questionnaire, a voter guide. And Natalie Oshrin and Michael Payne and, 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 and Lloyd Snook, they offered um, answers for this Charlottesville Tomorrow Voter Guide that were extremely community-specific. And when you read these answers, you realized that they had put some thought into it. Then you look at some of Deshad's answers um, in this Charlottesville Tomorrow Voter Guide, and it's like pretty much word salad. It's like the, the type of word salad that you would get when someone asks, what do you do about taxes, rising and, and you know, cutting taxes or uh, raising taxes? The folks at, on Reddit took the questions from the Seville Tomorrow Voter Guide, and then they asked ChatGBT the questions from the Voter Guide, and ChatGBT spit out some answers. Those answers from ChatGBT are almost identical to the candidate Deshaun Cooper's answers. And many are saying now on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, certainly after this show, this storyline is going to be all over the community. We all know that. Many folks are saying that Cooper, a candidate for council, I don't know if this is plagiarizing. A lot of people have said this is plagiarizing. If someone did this at the University of Virginia while a student at UVA, if they went to Lou Bloomfield's How Things Work Physics class and used ChatGBT to answer 
um, a five or to write a five or six page essay on, on, on Lou Bloomfield who, who offers his students an opportunity to write essays on pretty much anything they want on physics just as long as it's their own content. And, and I know firsthand about this. I took this man's class for back-to-back -back semesters and I know firsthand and I'm going to relay a firsthand perspective of what I went through with Lou Bloomfield. But if Cooper had used ChatGBT to write an essay for Lou Bloomfield and how things work physics, a first year course at the university, he would have been probably drummed up on honor charges by Bloomfield. Is it okay to use ChatGBT to answer questions for a Charlottesville Tomorrow Voter Guide? That's a question I'm going to talk about today. I also want to highlight Chris Fairchild's Facebook post from over the weekend. Chris Fairchild is a friend of this show. He's a supervisor at, within Fluvanna County. And Chris Fairchild is a staunch, staunch supporter of keeping Fluvanna the way it is. He did a post over the weekend that clearly identifies where he stands when it comes to development and new housing. I'm going to relay that to you. I'm going to say, Chris Fairchild, I appreciate your authenticity with this post. If someone is watching this program, please tag friend of the program, Chris Fairchild, so he hears what I have to say about his Facebook post. I thought Chris's post took courage. I thought Chris Fairchild's post is exactly what I would want from elect an elected official because you know where they stand on important topics. Chris Fairchild's post has not been received well received by a ton of people, but I thought it was legitimate, authentic, genuine, and what I want from my elected officials. And I'll offer even more perspective in about eight minutes. Please let Chris Fairchild know we're giving him some props on today's show. I'm going to talk about a listing today um, in the city of Charlottesville that has since sold. Um, Allison Rabel, the former Daily Progress Almaro County beat reporter, is now trying to track real estate closings on her Twitter account. I follow Allison's account very closely. And she highlights an account on, uh, she highlights a home on Rich Street, 839 Rich Street, which sold in 2022, so last year, for 160K. That same home sold four days ago for $405,000. So Judah, in not even a year, a home goes in the city of Charlottesville from $160,000 to $405,000. We're going to talk about that on today's show. Did they do work on it? They did do work on it. Okay, but it's the zoning. That. Yeah. We'll talk about that today. I'll also highlight the, the tremendous success of the 231 Festival at Castle Hill. I was there. It was awesome. I saw many of you viewers and listeners at this festival. I enjoyed seeing and chatting with you guys. And how about that UVA baseball team? Brian O'Connor's got this Virginia baseball team yet again in Omaha. When I was a student at the University of Virginia, the UVA baseball team was legitimately about to lose its funding and its facilities were comparable to a Division II or Division III school. Baseball was the redheaded stepchild of the athletic department. Brian O'Connor comes in from Notre Dame where he was the pitching coach in South Bend. He takes this job over and now this program is dancing in Omaha on a fairly frequent and regular basis. Please don't underestimate the success of this program and what Brian O'Connor has done in Charlottesville. I want to unpack that today. And on Real Talk with Keith Smith earlier this morning, 
the distinguished gentleman highlighted the, the amount of cash deals that have been going on in this community over the last five or six years. We'll spotlight those transactions from a hard data standpoint so you can understand just how competitive this landscape is. The lead of the program, however, is this Charlottesville City Council race. I'm going to set the stage, then I'll weave you in on a two-shot, Judah, to get your take on this. There are three spots up for grabs on Charlottesville City Council. Three of five spots represents a majority. Those seats that are open are Lloyd Snook's seat, Michael Payne's seat, and Cena McGill's seat. Remember, Cena McGill quit midterm, and when she quit midterm, she was replaced by Leah Perrier, an institution from the Charlottesville School Board from years past. Leah Perrier has already said she's not going to run for re-election, so that seat is up for grabs. Both Lloyd Snook and Michael, po- Michael Payne, however, are running for re-election, and they are heavy favorites as the incumbent. So here's the nitty-gritty. Three of five spots open on Charlottesville City Council, and say what you want about Charlottesville government, the decision-making that's done in City Hall and the actions that happen in the city of Charlottesville undoubtedly impact, undoubtedly impact Almarle, Fluvanna, Orange, Green, and Louisa. The outer counties may not want to hear this, but their, their respective jurisdictions often go as Charlottesville goes, and they're undoubtedly associated to each other. And more on that in a little bit when I talk Chris Fairchild's Facebook post from the weekend. Um, so you got three spots up for grabs. That represents a majority. One of the candidates that's running is Deshaun Cooper. Deshaun Cooper was asked by Charlottesville Tomorrow, the nonprofit website. And, and, and for the folks that are watching that are at Charlottesville Tomorrow, I would love Charlottesville Tomorrow if you got back to covering business and government and land use and zoning and the nitty-gritty of what's happening in City Hall. I understand that there is, there is a, a need for the content you, you are creating and the content you are creating right now, Charlottesville Tomorrow, is undoubtedly rooted in diversity, equity, and inclusion. And one of the reasons Charlottesville Tomorrow has pretty much changed its entire news model to cover DEI content and strictly only DEI content is because it's a nonprofit and the low-hanging fruit from a fundraising standpoint, from a grant writing standpoint, writing grants to get money to keep your nonprofits, you know, the lights on, that low-hanging fruit is, is organizations giving money to nonprofit news outlets that spotlight DEI news, DEI content. So that's why Charlottesville Tomorrow is doing that. I want you guys to realize that Giles Morris, the former managing editor of Charlottesville Tomorrow, took this media brand from what Brian Wheeler and Sean Tubbs made it, land use, business, government, politics, and Giles Morris, a very progressive editor, very liberal in his mindset, perhaps socialist in his mindset, took the media brand and made it about diversity, equity, and inclusion to pursue low-hanging fruit, grant writing, and fundraising dollars. So that's where they're at. Uh, Seville tomorrow put out a voter guide because this city council race is going to be determined by the June 20th primary. Charlottesville's so liberal, there's not an independent or a Republican running 
for this. So we know the June 20th primary is going to determine um, who's going to be on this council for the next four years. Deshaun Cooper was asked by Charlottesville Tomorrow answers for a voter guide. Well, Mr. Cooper's answers are almost identical to answers that are spit out by ChatGBT. If you ask these questions that Charlottesville Tomorrow asked of Mr. Cooper, and you take those questions and you pick up your phone and say, ChatGBT, here are the questions that was asked of me. Can you help me answer this? Mr. Cooper, in a lot of ways, just took the answers from ChatGBT and emailed them to Charlottesville Tomorrow. The internet and the sleuths on the interwebs, they are undefeated. They are undoubtedly calling out Deshaun Cooper right now for pulling his answers from ChatGBT, and they're saying it lacks authenticity, it, la it lacks um, genuineness. Frankly, it's the complete opposite what friend of the program Chris Fairchild did with his Facebook post. I commend Fairchild for what he did, even though some folks have beef with what Fairchild did. Fairchild sat down and wrote a post from his heart about a community he loves, about a community he lives within, about a community he works within, about a community he wants to shepherd into the future. And he did it with authenticity. Cooper, on the other hand, spoke into AI and took answers from AI and put it in an email and sent it to a media outlet. It kind of begs the question, if Cooper were to get elected, and I think he's a heavy underdog, I think he's a heavy underdog, but if he were to get elected on the 20th of June, if he found a way on the dais, if one of us taxpayers, say I went to a city council meeting and I asked Ashad if he was fortunate to get elected, what are your thoughts, I'm a small business owner, Councilman Cooper, you um, have made it extremely difficult to continue ownership of my building in downtown Charlottesville because you continue to raise the tax rate on the commercial real estate I own. And as you raise that tax rate on the commercial real estate I own, Councilman Cooper, I'm having to pass that tax exposure down to my 24 tenants in the form of triple net leases. Mr. Cooper, how do you think I'm going to um, be able to preserve as a small business owner and as a small landlord if you continue to raise the tax rate at the same time appraised values and assessments are going up? It's difficult. Does that mean Deshaun Cooper on the dais? Is he going to answer my question by pulling out his iPhone and asking ChatGBT? Hold on, Jerry. I, I'm not going to give you that answer. All right, ChatGBT, um, this is what Jerry is asking me. He's talking about... Um, tax rates, and he's talking about appraised values, and he's talking about being a small business owner. Please give me an answer. All right, ChatGPT. Uh, Jerry, this is what I think you should do. Consider uh, incremental revenue streams um, associated with your business and diversifying them to drive new revenue to offset the tax exposure tied to assessments and um, tax rates and assessed value. Is that what's going to happen? Let's weave Judah Wickhauer in a two-shot. I, I count on you for a lot of things. You and I have worked alongside each other for how long? Twelve years. Yep. Deshaun Cooper, ChatGBT, 
answers almost identical from ChatGBT with his name on it emailed to Charlottesville Tomorrow, the nonprofit news website. Is this damning? I'm not going to say it's plagiarism. I will say this, and I'm going to jump, I'm going to stop talking here in 15 seconds. My first year at the University of Virginia, my first year, I took Lou Bloomfield's How Things Work Physics class. And Lou Bloomfield had us write a five to seven page essay. And that essay determined a large portion of our grade for that class that semester. He gave us a topic of like 200 things. The topic I chose was um, the physics behind sailboating. The physics behind sailboating. The next semester, Lou Bloomfield, I took How Things Work 1, first semester, first year. The next semester, I wanted to get my physics requirements out of the way, so I took How Things Work 2, second semester of first year. He had the same curriculum. He wanted us to write an essay for the second semester, and one of the topics he offered was windsurfing. Write an essay on the physics of windsurfing. Well, I'm a guy that says, work smart, not hard. Work smart, not hard. Anyone who's a small business owner understands the concept of work smart, not hard, because our time is limited, and our most precious damn commodity in life is our time. So I said, oh my God, first semester of first year, I got an A in Lou, Bloomfield, Lou Bloomfield's class in large portion because I wrote it, I'm a great writer, a damn good essay on sailboating and the physics behind it. And the second semester, Lou Bloomfield gives me the option to write a term paper that's going to determine my grade on windsurfing. Are sailboating and windsurfing pretty much the same damn thing? I would say they're So I said, case. why don't I take the sailboating essay and use it as the foundation for the windsurfing essay. I can use Microsoft Word to find and replace words where I take sailboating out and replace it with windsurfing. And 18, 19-year-old Jerry's like, this is freaking genius, dude. I got an A on this paper my first semester, and it's the foundation for this paper my second semester. I should get an A again. Lou Bloomfield had a program, a customary, uh, proprietary program that he customized where he was very... Very, it, it literally, he says it took, it took him like three seconds. He took all the term papers that came in, put them through this proprietary program, and he was legitimately able to see who did the same strategy I did. Here's the problem Lou Bloomfield had. Everybody did it. 88% of the class did this. 88%. Lou Bloomfield... This is bona fide. Look this up in the Cavalier Daily. This is on the internet. Lou Bloomfield legitimately tried to bring up honor charges on a massive lecture hall of students, yours truly included, on these essays. This got so much heat. You know what happened? Lou Bloomfield caught the shit from his department chair in physics and from upper management as high as I was told as the president's office. Hmm. And they said, what did you think was going to happen when you gave 18 and 19-year-olds the option to write a term paper the first year on sailboating, the first semester, and the second semester on windsurfing? These are smart kids. Don't you think they're going to do this, Lou? And guess what happened? 
the 88% of the people that got popped, nothing happened to them. Lou Bloomfield, physics, how things work, got significant slaps on the wrist, as he should. As he should. As he should. Work smart, not hard. Work smart, not hard. I relay that story because it makes me nostalgic of what's going on with Deshaun Cooper right now. You have a candidate that's running for city council, a position that has tremendous responsibility, a position that's managing basically a $250 million budget. $250 million, roughly, a budget for a year. Five people managing $250 million. Do we want someone who utilizes AI and chat GBT to answer questions for the media on the dais? And the follow-up question, is this plagiarism? Is this sketchy? Is this disingenuous? Is this dishonest? Or do we say this is working smart and not hard? Show is yours, J-Dubs. Well, I'm going to start with the question of whether or not it's uh, plagiarism. I don't think it is. You're not... Well, actually, you know, that's a tough one. Uh, The art version of this, I think most artists would say it is, in a way, plagiarism. No doubt about it. Put the lower third up, too. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because with, uh, with, like... I think Mid-Journey is one of them. There are several other art ones where you can basically give it prompts, and it'll, uh, from what I understand, it draws from any image it can access on the Internet and uses everything that it's ever accessed to create something new. The problem is that means that it's taking hundreds, thousands of artists work and repurposing it and not giving any kind of uh, not giving any kind of uh, attribution to any of those artists now I would think it's somewhat similar with uh, chat GPT basically it's scanning everything that's been written on the internet and it's taking that um, taking that information and rewriting it. So is it technically is it technically uh copying like a specific line? I don't think so, but uh it still is a little bit cheap and um you know, if you're going to be if you've got to be up on the on the dais answering questions and having an opinion, I I would see this as something of a of a red flag. Dude, this is the definition of a red flag. If you could put the lower thirds on screen, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Chris Fairchild, you're getting props from Vanessa Parkhill in Earliesville right now. I see you're active. Chris Fairchild, I hope you're watching this program. Dude, you know I love you. You know I love you, and I respect what you did over the weekend. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Kyle Irvin, hello. Carly Wagner, hello. I got... Tennessee, North Carolina, and Pennsylvania folks in those states watching. Fluvanna County is all over this damn show right now. I would imagine when you have Chris Fairchild in your headlines, he's going to bring folks from Fluvanna watching the program, and that's literally happening right now. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. This is the definition of a red flag. You have a candidate who I think is in his 20s, 
and I'm not trying to throw shade on youth. I'm not trying to show, throw shade on youth. One thing I've learned, I'm 41 now. One thing I'm learned now, I've learned is I'm a hell of a lot smarter at 41 than, where, than when I was at 28. When I was 28, I didn't have the experience that comes with failure and making mistakes. I F up every day. I F up every day in my business. I F up every day as a husband. I F up every day as a dad. I F up every day just as a person. Literally, I make mistakes every day. I fail every day. And those mistakes and that failure that happens every day gives me something to learn from. And from 28 to 41, those 13 years had so much failure and F-ups in it, I am a completely different person when it comes to outlook, when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to experience, and when it comes to going about just everyday things in life. I'm not trying to throw shade on Cooper, who, who I think is the youngest candidate in this race and clearly in his 20s, okay? I am trying to highlight what I think is a concerning red flag. I have a lot of skin in the game in this community. You, viewers and listeners, have a lot of skin in this game and in, in, in this community as well. And if you don't have a business in Charlottesville like I do, or you don't own a building in Charlottesville like I do, maybe you, you have a house in Flubana, a house in Louisa, a house in Gordonsville. Guess what? Whether you want to admit this or not, your values of your cribs in the outer counties are undoubtedly tied and associated with the decision-making that's happening a block from this studio in City Hall. Do we want a candidate that utilized chat GBT for a voter guide in Charlottesville tomorrow? Do you? I think it's questionable. Uh, as I said before, if somebody is expected to have their own opinion and understanding of, of what's going on and be able to uh, be able to vocalize that on the on the dais, uh, I think this brings into question um, whether or not they're ready for that uh, for that role. Hundred percent. Well said. What should he do now? What should he do now? Should he issue a statement? Viewers and listeners, should he issue a statement? I, yeah, I mean, I... And let's try the other lower third with Cooper in it, if we could. Should he issue a statement? You and I are in the branding and PR business, are we not? Mm-hmm. Should he issue a statement? Does Deshad Cooper owe voters a statement for what appears to be chat GBT answers in a media outlet? We are T-minus eight days from the Democratic primary. Does he owe us a statement? I, th I think he would be wise to get in front of this, yeah. 100%. 100%. This is all you have to do, Mr. Cooper. This is all you have to do. In a voter guide in Charlottesville tomorrow, I utilized ChatGBT as the foundation for some of these questions. What I should have done is personalized, localized, and humanized my answers instead of using AI to answer for me. I've learned from my mistake. And what I will do moving forward is talk to stakeholders in the community and utilize that communication and the feedback I get from those stakeholders 
as the answers to future questions. Please, voters in Charlottesville, forgive me for my mistake. I've learned from what I've done, and I'm prepared to move forward. That's all you have to do, Mr. Cooper. And I would bet, Mr. Cooper, if you did that, you may earn empathy and even more voter connection. Mr. Cooper, if you do not do that, I assure you, voters will think ChatGBT, Deshad Cooper, when voting on Tuesday, June 20th. I'm giving you free advice. We charge $2.95 an hour for advice like that. That's free advice. Do that and do that immediately. The longer you wait and the longer this storyline gains momentum, the more of a snowball and the more of a problem you have. But anything else you want to offer on that? No. That you, you think that's fair? Yeah. You think that's the right approach? You're the, you're, you're the very sensible one here, as everyone knows, right? You think that's the approach you should take? If you were his campaign manager, is that what you would advise him? Yeah. Yeah. I would advise him to do that, too. Someone tagged the shot, Cooper. Bill McChesney says he's the mayor of McIntyre. We need candidates who can think for themselves and not rely on consultants. Amen, brother. Vanessa Barkill is watching the program. She says, devil's advocate... Uh, in regards to a candidate using chat GBT, many candidates use speech writers. How is that different than using AI to massage your message? She also says, I see the plagiarism angle. If a person is passing work off on their own, off as their own, it's disingenuous. What do you, what do you make of her uh, speech writer comment? How's this different than a speech writer? How is it different than a speech writer? Viewers and listeners, how is this different than a speechwriter writing a speech for a candidate? I mean, I, part of me says that... Uh, oh, Paul McCartridge just said that. He's the king of Avon. Paul McCartridge just said, to play devil's advocate... He literally just said this on a different Facebook page. Paul McCartridge, to play devil's advocate, what is the difference between using Chad GBT and using a staffer to write something? Neither are written by the candidates themselves. That's the second viewer that has made the comparison to a speechwriter. What are good, your, your thoughts? It's a good question. Um, Viewers I, and listeners, help us answer this. I think... Uh, I, I would, I would imagine that a speechwriter has somebody checking their work and, uh, and the candidate or politician or whatever probably going over it, making sure that uh, the You think Joe Biden's going over the speeches that's given to him? Or you Joe, think Sleepy Joe is just getting to the podium and reading from the prompter, whatever that was put in the prompt? I bet you Joe Biden, I bet you Sleepy Joe is stumbling Dragging that left foot, that toe getting scuffed up on that loafer, that Italian loafer, that front toe's getting scuffed up. He's hobbling to the podium. I bet you Sleepy Joe ain't read those speeches, dude. Sleepy Joe's reading from that prompter. You think he's approving those speeches, Sleepy Joe? That's a slightly different... No, I don't think he is. I don't think... <laughs> Judah. That was hilarious. Katie Pearl, was that not just Judah's deadpan is right on point? I don't think Sleepy Joe's approving those speeches. But that's... My point being, somebody's, they're not just handing him a random piece of paper that some guy wrote up for him. Somebody's going over that. Of course it's not Joe Biden. <laughs> He's the bloody president. But in most cases where you've got a speechwriter, I, I think somebody is going over that speech before, uh, before the, the person in, uh, the person we're talking about, whoever it is, goes up on the podium. 
to give the speech. Nobody's just going up there and being like, oh, hey, what's this? Uh, sure, I'll, you know. There's, there's some, uh, you know, there's some, what do you call it, qual- quality control. Not to mention the fact that, uh, I mean, one would hope that, uh, that if you're getting something from chat GPT, you're looking over it and maybe doing a little editing of your own. Thank you, God. Because why? Tell us, tell us why. Because if part of the reason people know something is chat GPT is... Because there's screw-ups in it. It has a voice that is identifiable as chat GPT. And yes... A tone. Sometimes, a tone. Sometimes it will just make stuff up. Yeah. Oh, oh. It's, it happens all the time. There's... there's um, I was reading somewhere... Are they attorneys out of New York that utilize chat GPTs? For some of the work they did, and then a judge figured out, or it was brought to a, or was brought to a judge's attention by the other side, and a judge said, "Jesus, your associate utilized Chat GBTs for all that." Look this up, Jim Hingley, if you're watching, help me figure that out. John Blair, if you're watching, you know the story I'm talking about. The attorneys, I talked about it last week or ten days ago. The attorneys, I think it was New York, an associate utilized ChatGBT and gave it to a a more senior member of the law firm, and the more senior member of the law firm did not vet the ChatGBT. Four days ago on Forbes, lawyer used ChatGPT in court and cited fake cases. There it is. Good job. There it is. (laughs) All right, here's my take before we go to the next topic and we talk Chris Fairchild, because I know Mr. Fairchild is a busy, busy man, and I want Mr. Fairchild to hear what I have to say. And I believe he's watching right now. In fact, he is. This is why this is not comparable to a speech writer. This is a local election in Charlottesville, Virginia. This is as local an election that you can get. One of the reasons senators and congressmen and presidents have speech writers is because they're extremely busy people. Joe Biden's running a country. I don't know if you guys knew that, but Joe's actually running a country right now. Some would say well, some would say not so well. That's a topic for another day. Joe Biden's running a country. That's why he has speechwriters. That's why he has speechwriters. AOC is a pretty busy lady. AOC probably doesn't have a couple hours or three hours to write a speech. What she probably does is provide bullet points to a speechwriter to help what she has in her brain materialize. Cooper's running an election in Charlottesville. This is the definition of grassroots. The definition of grassroots, Cooper's doing. In a grassroots election, especially when you're not in office as an incumbent, like Payne and Snookar, you shouldn't be using ChatGBT to answer questions for nonprofit media outlets. That's called good judgment. Poor judgment, good judgment. All right. Mr. Cooper issued that statement today. Mr. Cooper, the longer you wait without issuing that statement, your chances of any kind of victory, which I thought were already slim, are going to erode into nothing, sir. You have to understand me. And please understand what happens in this election and the performance that you either tally or don't tally from a vote standpoint, that's going to live forever on the interwebs when it comes to Charlottesville's history. All right, next topic. Ooh, next topic is, uh, let's go to Fairchild, and then I'll talk hypocrisy with um, zoning in Charlottesville on High Street versus upzoning. First, I want to go to Chris Fairchild, because I see he's watching, and and he's a busy man. Um, This is what friend of the program Chris Fairchild wrote 
five days ago. And it's going by. Chris, did you ever expect this post that you did five days ago was going to get shared 37 times? This, this post has literally been shared 37 times on 37 different Facebook uh, pages and has 119 likes as of right now. Here's what the super, one of, one of is it, it's six supervisors in Fluvanna, right, Chris? I believe it's six. Um, he said this. I'm going to read it verbatim. You should listen to because I want your take. I'm looking at it. Oh, you are? Okay, good. Fluvanna, welcome, respect. You came here from there because you didn't like there, and now you want to change here to be like there. Please understand, we're not hateful folks or narrow-minded or anti-whatever you are. We simply like the way it is here, and many of us actually came here because it is not there or wherever there was. You are most welcome here, but please stop trying to make here like there. If you want here to be like there, you really should not have left there to come here, and you are welcome to leave here and go back there at your earliest convenience. Many thanks. This is effing brilliant. I'm going to try reading it a different way. This is what, Chris, this is what I think Chris Fairchild really, really meant. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? Chris, I think this is what you, you really meant, homie. I think this is what you really meant. Fluvanna. You came here to Fluvanna from there, Charlottesville, because you didn't like there. And now you want to change here, Fluvanna, to be more like there, Charlottesville. Please understand, we are not hateful folks or narrow-minded or anti-whatever you are. We simply like the way it is here in Fluvanna, and many of us actually came here to Fluvanna because it is not there, Charlottesville, wherever there, Charlottesville was. You are most welcome here in Fluvanna, but please stop trying to make here, Fluvanna, like there, Charlottesville. If you want here, Fluvanna, to be like there, Charlottesville, you really should not have left Fluvanna to come. You, should, you really should not have left Charlottesville to come here to Fluvanna. You are welcome to leave here, Fluvanna, and go back there, Charlottesville, at your earliest convenience. Many thanks. You can sub any big city with progressive politics and density for the word there. Yeah. He's really implying Charlottesville. This post from a supervisor, an elected official, has been shared 37 times, has 119 likes on it, and I would bet you 10, 10 or 15,000 people have seen this post. And after today's talk show, even more people are going to see it. Here's my stance on Chris Fairchild's post, and then I want your stance, Judah Wickhauer. This is my stance. I freaking love it. I love everything about it. Chris Fairchild ran on a platform of keeping Fluvanna, Fluvanna. Chris Fairchild ran on a platform of keeping Fluvanna free of, or, 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 or trying to manage density and traffic, and by manage, I mean limit. Chris Fairchild ran on a platform of preserving the rural nature of a county he grew up in. Chris Fairchild has been the same Chris Fairchild from day one. Dude ran on this platform. Dude door knocked on the platform of keeping Fluvanna rural and preserving its rural qualities. Dude runs the county on the board of supervisors with that mindset. And dude puts content on social media, not like Cooper from ChatGBT, but clearly written from his tone and his voice and from his heart. 
And he tells everyone, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. That is called honesty. That is called authenticity. We, as a voting public, should beg. We should implore. We should demand. We should insist this kind of authenticity from our candidates. Every person knows where Chris Fairchild stands when it comes to new development, when it comes to density, and when it comes to preserving Fluvanna County's rural nature. You can't be confused by it. Mm -hmm. That is the candidate we want. And for a candidate to post content like this, ballsy content like this, that probably has been seen by 10 or 15,000 people, and that's not hyperbole, when when you have 40 shares and 120 people liking it, if the average the average person has how many Facebook friends on their page? I don't know what the average is. Okay. I you personally have... No, don't even look. It's not. It's, an, it's inconsequential. I have over 6,000 just on my personal account alone. I would say now the average person is over 1,000 people. <clears throat> this has been shared by, call it, 40 accounts. If 40 accounts have, on average, 1,250 followers per account, 40 times 1,250 is 50,000. That does not include the amplification from liking the post. And it certainly does not include what's happening after this show is talking about the post. This is the kind of honesty I want from our electeds. Mm. It's a stark contrast from a candidate using AI to answer a media questionnaire. A stark contrast. And Mr. Cooper could learn from Mr. Fairchild. Your thoughts on this topic, anywhere you want to go. Mm. I don't know if I'd go quite as far as, as your statement. Uh, t- who knows? Uh, Deshaun Cooper may have just been used. Like, what, first of all, what was, the, uh, what was the statement that he made using chat GPT? Was it just uh, answering? You said it was answering questions for the... Uh, Seville Tomorrow Voter Guide. Yeah, I mean, it definitely would be nice to hear his actual voice, uh, figuratively speaking, on on the matters. Dude, come on, you don't want to. Don't marginalize this. It would. You just said it would be nice to hear the candidate's voice. Yeah, that's marginalizing it. Okay. Shouldn't we? And, and I'm not trying to interrupt you. Shouldn't we demand, as voters and taxpayers, to hear the candidate's authentic perspective? Yeah, I think it would, we would, we would all be better off hearing our candidate's actual, you know, feelings and, uh, and stances on, on the, uh, the topics at hand. Um, I mean, wouldn't it be nice if uh, if all politicians were uh, were honest and forthcoming with uh, their actual uh, their actual stances? Yeah. Can you put the Fairchild lower third on? Yes, a hundred percent. Fairchild's literally going viral on fifteen Facebook pages, fifteen Twitter accounts, LinkedIn, YouTube, iTunes, Apple Podcasts. TikTok, Instagram, the Fountain app. It's on every, every single one. I'm is trying there, to tag you in a lot of these, Chris. Is there a different one? 
Uh, the fair, oh, you already have it up? Oh, excellent, you're on point, sorry about that. The reason I bring the Fairchild, the Fairchild Facebook post up is because this is, this is how we try to put our show content together. I try to put content together on this show that makes you guys think. Or, 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 or it's content that's local and it's content that's... Here's the mantra of the show. Local, localized, humanized, and personalized content about Charlottesville and Central Virginia. And in today's show, I showed you a candidate that's on the Board of Supervisors and how authentic they are with their voice. And on today's show, I showed you a, a, a person that's running for city council that is a candidate. Chris is on the board. Deshad's running for the city council spot on the dais. And he chose a path of AI instead of utilizing his true self. It's a... I guess it's a microcosm of how to go about it. The right way and... I'm not going to call it the wrong way. I'll just call it the other way. The right way and the other way. Kyle Irvin, hello, my friend. It was great to see you, too. Would love to grab a beer with you soon. Love you, Kyle Irvin. Viewers and listeners, what do you think? Friend John Blair on LinkedIn, hello, JB. Your thoughts? Anything else you want to throw out there? J-Dubs? Um, <clears throat> I think we need to reserve some uh, until until it's proven. I I think uh, I think it would be wise for Cooper to make a statement. Uh, we honestly. I don't think know whether this is actually a chat GPT uh, created. Did you, did you read the Reddit thread? It's locked right now. Yeah, it's unfortunately locked. And we'll talk about Reddit locking its boards, its subreddits. Over the weekend? No, starting today. No, no, no. But over the weekend, the Redditors, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a message board network. Mm, kind of. It's the definition of it. It's got a message board, someone posts a topic, and then people comment underneath it. I mean, you could say Facebook is the exact same thing. Uh, Facebook is a social network. Reddit is a place where anonymous people post a question or a topic, and then others respond to that question or topic. On this thread over the weekend that was seen by thousands of people, the engagement you can literally see in the thread, a couple of the Redditors in the Charlottesville subreddit had Cooper's answer next to an answer that they put in themselves of chat GBT answering the question Charlottesville Tomorrow asked. Hmm. Then they put the answers side by side and had the Redditors compare and contrast what chat GBT did and what Cooper did. Hmm. The similarities are undeniable. Gotcha. Undeniable. It's got to issue a statement. Yeah, no doubt. You, or you lose it right now, dude. You lose it right now, Cooper. Anything you want to say on Fairchild? 
Fairchild's a good guy. I think it's a great message. Um, I think we see far too much of what he's talking about, not just of uh, people moving from Charlottesville to Fluvanna, but, uh, but you know, people people voting for policies that uh, end up ruining where they where they live and then leaving to give to find somewhere else and then uh, not having the not having the what would you call it uh, not having the presence of mind to not uh, not pursue those same policies that ruined the last place they lived and going on to you know exactly what Chris Fairchild was talking about people people moving in uh, pushing for the policies that ruined where they came from and then uh and then wondering why uh why this place is no longer any good there it is there's a reason people move to fluvanna and yeah if you, you want to make it someplace else go find that place and go live there don't you know don't there's a number of reasons a good thing okay I'm, I'm gonna also cut to the chase here and those that are in fluvanna county fluvanna county leadership can agree with what i'm just going to say the, the Fluvanna County real estate market is extremely hot. In fact, I'm going to go to the MLS right now, right? I'm going to go to the MLS. I'm going to search by Lake Monticello. Keith Smith taught me this. Lake Monticello is the largest neighborhood in central Virginia, roughly 4,300 homes in Lake Monticello. Lake Monticello has roughly between eight and 10,000 people. It's a back-of-the-napkin estimate within the gates. Lake Monticello is damn near its own town, it's got so many people. It's got fire. It's got rescue. It's got water. It's a town, Lake Monticello. 4,300 homes, call it 2.5 people per home, right? 4,300 roughly times 2.5 roughly. You're talking 10,750, okay? I think the number's between 8 and 10K. You know how many homes are on the market right now at Lake Monticello active? You got nine Colonial Road, asking price 359,900. That's one. You got 39, is it Amethyst Road? 320K asking, that's two. You got six Swan Court, 705K. That's got to have some kind of lakefront or water view at 705 in Lake, in the Lake Monticello. That's three. You got 462 Jefferson Drive, 384, that's four. You got 11 Pleasant View, 282 asking, that's five. You got 251 Jefferson Drive, that's 485 asking, that's six. You got 39 Boiling Circle, 689 asking, that's 7. 12 Seminole Trail, 429 asking, that's 8. 9 Longleaf, 299 asking, 9. You have 9 active listings in Lake Monticello out of a 4,300 home neighborhood. I'm not a smart man by any means. But... What is that? 4,300 times 1% is 43. Half a percent would be 21. Mm-hmm. Half of 21, you have a quarter percent of Lake Monticello active on the, on, on the MLS right now. I'm going to say that again. You have 4,300 homes in Lake Monticello. Of that baseline of 4,300 homes, zero of the neighborhood is active for sale. That is historically the lowest inventory it's ever been 
in the history of Lake Monticello. Fluvanna County, you need to hear this. You need to hear this, Fluvanna County, okay? The extremely expensive real estate in Charlottesville and Albemarle. The extremely expensive real estate in Albemarle County and the city of Charlottesville is undoubtedly driving momentum and tailwinds to Fluvanna. It makes the point I made earlier. The outer counties go where Charlottesville goes. And as affordability is a serious problem in Charlottesville and Albemarle, you are seeing the middle class, hell, you're seeing the upper class go to Fluvanna because they can't afford Charlottesville and Albemarle. Middle and upper class are sprinting to Fluvanna, to Louisa in Spring Creek, to Gordonsville and the 231 route. They're sprinting because they can't afford the city and they can't afford Almoral. Keith Smith tells us on Real Talk with Keith Smith, you want to hear something freaking crazy? Listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know how many cash deals have happened year to date in the car footprint? 28% of all closings in 2023 have been cash deals. One out of three deals in the Charlottesville Area Association of Realtors footprint, and that includes the outer counties, one in three is all cash. That means people are bringing four, five, six, seven hundred thousands of dollars of paper money, as my son calls it. Adjust that camera. In a bag. Like Scrooge McDuck in DuckTales. Scrooge McDuck, remember the intro to DuckTales? When Scrooge would be swimming through the gold coins in DuckTales, woo and then he'd spit the gold coins out of his mouth. Remember? You know that intro of DuckTales, right? Oh, yeah. Woo-hoo. They're sprinting to Fluvanna with bags of money. And Fairchild sees the phenomenon that's happening. And he said, my whole concept is to keep Fluvanna rural. That's what I ran on. Mm. And you know what? I'm going to go balls to the effing wall and do it. And I got respect for that. Because he ain't changed a damn thing about himself. And you know what? I'd rather do business with someone where I know where they stand as opposed to doing business with someone that's utilizing AI to give them the answers. Next topic. I'm on fire today. Let's talk hypocrisy in Charlottesville. Hypocrisy in Charlottesville, Virginia. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? Where do I begin? How about this for hypocrisy in Charlottesville, Virginia? The city progressives, the city socialists, Charlottesville Twitter, the left liberal-leaning folks in this fair and fine city are championing upzoning. They say more density, more housing, more rooftops equals more supply, and more supply means price stabilization. If we can figure out how to take a half-acre lot and make it 10 homes 
and 10 bedrooms and 10 doors instead of one home, then this additional supply is going to mean prices are going to stabilize in Charlottesville and we're going to have a chance to buy a home. That's what they're saying. It's called upzoning. Upzoning. That same contingent, that same group, that same gaggle of people are begging city council to buy land 23 acres from Wendell Wood, the largest landowner in Almoral County, united. That's Wendell Wood. You see his signs everywhere. The same gaggle of people championing upzoning are begging city council to use taxpayer dollars to buy 23 acres next to a river to kill and kibosh a buy-right development project that will yield 200 and, let me get my number right, 245 units. Please explain this to me. This is what I wrote on social media. And I'm going to catch so much S-H-I-T for writing this on social media. But like Chris Fairchild, I stay true to who I am. You know where you stand with me every single day. I don't care if what I do is going to piss some people off because I am true to my moral compass and what I believe is right. And I will never waver. And I have skin thick enough to deal with the backlash just like my friend Chris Fairchild does. This is what I wrote on social media. Despite political outcry, Charlottesville is trying to push upzoning through. Because of political outcry, Charlottesville may spend millions of taxpayer dollars to kibosh a 245-unit buy-right development. Why does the political outcry work by the Rivanna River, but the political outcry does not work within the Greenbrier neighborhood? Two counselors live in the Greenbrier neighborhood. I won't say who they are. Also, how can Seville be pro-upzoning and pro-affordable housing, yet seriously consider buying 23 acres on High Street to kill a 245-unit buy-right development? Isn't that hypocrisy? Charlottesville Twitter, Matthew Gilligan, Stephen Johnson, Andrew Shelton, they say we need more housing but just not down by the river. Just not down by the river. Somebody explain this to me. Seville Twitter says we need more housing, but just not down by the river. I shot my baby down by the river. Dead O-O, shot her dead O. You take my hand, I'll take your hand. Together we may get away. This much madness is too much sorrow. It's impossible to make it today. She could drag me, drag me over the rainbow, send me away, down by the river. I shot my baby down by the river. Judah, is this not hypocrisy? Someone tell me this is not hypocrisy. It's okay to upzone wealthy neighborhoods like Greenbrier, says the left, says the liberals. Let's upzone the wealthy neighborhoods like Greenbrier. Let's upzone the wealthy neighborhoods like rugby. 
Let's upzone the wealthy neighborhoods like North Downtown. Let's upzone the, the wealthy neighborhoods like Belmont. But High Street, down by the river, I shot my baby down by the river, can't touch that. Not dog. Don't touch that. Is that not hypocrisy? Someone explain to me how that's not hypocrisy. Yeah. Someone. Anyone. Please. Why do we upzone the wealthy neighborhoods, but we don't upzone the areas around the working class neighborhoods? I kid. Upzoning will happen there too. But you know this is the definition of hypocrisy. Someone prove me wrong. And I'll tell you, the upzoning opponents, those that are vehemently opposed to upzoning, and I'm going to talk to one via Zoom in about eight minutes. You better utilize this as a, what's, what, what is the arrow in? Is the arrow in a quiver? Where do you store, store the arrows? Yeah, it's a quiver. The bow and arrow. You keep the arrows in a quiver, right? Mm-hmm. Those that are vehemently opposed to upzoning, your quiver should be stocked with this microcosm of hypocrisy. Utilize this microcosm of hypocrisy when lobbying decision makers against upzoning and call them out on it. Call them out on it. Down by the river. You know who sung that song? Who? Come on, you got this. Who sung that song? Viewers and listeners, who sung that song? Who's got it? First one to say, who figure out who sung that song, gets an I Love Seville sticker. Don't give them the answer. We'll mail them the sticker on us. First person that, that, that puts in the comment section who sung that song gets an I Love Seville sticker from us. You don't know? Uh, I do now. You looked it up? Yeah. Did you use ChatGBT? To look up a song? No. <clears throat> that was a joke. That was a zing at Cooper. Oh, God. I thoroughly do enjoy doing this. It's like three. <laughs> All right, next topic. Uh, I got six minutes before this conference call. Um, Allison Rabel, rhymes like table. Former beat writer, Almoral County Daily Progress. She now works for the jurisdiction that's Almoral. On her Twitter account, she's kind of tracking the listings that have sold around town. Mm-hmm. She highlights one that caught my attention. I follow her Twitter account often. Allison, you do a great job. I very much enjoy in, in, you know, reading your content every day on your Twitter account. Sincerely mean that. Um, she highlights a listing that sold at 839 Ridge Street. Can you put that on screen, some of these photos? This home sold in 2003, June 8th, 2003. That was four days ago it closed for $405,000. Last year, this same house sold for $160K. So last year, it sold for a bone 60. This year, it sold for 405. Whoever bought that house in 2002 and did some cosmetic work to it and took it from a 
I'd say a dump into a livable home, their return on investment is ridiculous. Now, I'm a businessman, so I know if you buy a house for 160 and you sell it for 405, you can't just do 405 minus 160 and call that net profit because they clearly put a lot of remodeling effort into it. But 405,000, let's say it's $405,000, right? And let's just, mm-hmm. for the sake of conversation, after fees, let's say they had 6% commission, buyer's agent, seller's agent. They had some closing costs. And let's say some other mumbo jumbo came up as well. So why don't we take that 405, okay? And let's take that 405,000 and times it by 91%. you with me? 405 times 0.91, that leaves you 368,550. And that 368,550, 368,550, let's subtract what they bought it for last year, 160. 368,550 minus 160,000. 368,550 minus 160,000. You got 208,550 bucks on the bone. Of that 208,000, remember they had some remodeling costs. Let's say the remodeling cost cost them a C, uh, let's, let's just say 100K. Mm-hmm. Hell, you know what? Let's call it $150,000. 208550 minus $150,000. That's a heavy number, but I'm doing a conservative model for the sake of this talk show. That leaves meat on the bone of 58,550 Bs, 58,550 smackaroos. This investor bought a house last year, did some work to it, walked away with 60 G for flipping a crib. Yeah. Charlottesville, Virginia, baby. Mm-hmm. Driving folks to Fluvanna, baby. Driving folks to Orange, Louisa, Spring Creek, Lake Monticello, baby. Cunningham, baby. Scottsville, baby. I got two and a half minutes before a Zoom call. Um, I want to highlight UVA baseball success. Brian O'Connor's the man. He's come on this talk show. Um, Brian O'Connor is the head skipper at Virginia baseball. I went to UVA from 2000, 2001, 2003, 2004. Throughout that entire year, no one was caught dead at a baseball game. You had maybe 15 or 20 fans at regular season baseball game, at regular season games, and that's not an exaggeration. The baseball team was so bad, they were literally going to lose funding. That's how bad this team was. They were so bad, they literally were going to lose funding. Now this Virginia baseball team is the darling of college baseball. They've won a national championship. They just secured yet another spot in Omaha. And listen to this. UVA baseball has reached at least six college World Series in the last 15 years. Brian O'Connor's Virginia baseball team has made the trip from Charlottesville to Omaha six times in the last 15 years. Do you know how many other teams in college baseball have done that? Four. Texas, a powerhouse. The Florida Gators, a powerhouse. The Arkansas Razorbacks, a powerhouse, and TCU, the Horn Frogs, a powerhouse. UVA is one of five programs in all of college baseball to make it to Omaha to the College World Series six times in the last 15 years. We have an abundance of riches 
in this University of Virginia athletic department. You can make a viable case that this athletic department is the best all-around athletic department in America. They have something called the Sears Cup that tracks this. I think it's called the Sears Cup. Is it still called the Sears Cup? Let me see. I read a lot. Learfield, they've changed the name. The Director's Cup standings. Virginia, I think, is in the top three in all of athletic departments in the nation, and they're still alive in baseball and could legitimately maybe finish as the top athletic department in the country. We should champion this. We should celebrate this. We had two regionals in Charlottesville. That's great for the economy. That's great for small business. And it's great because these people come, they visit, and they leave. They don't tax our schools. They don't tax our roads. They don't stay. They give us our money and they leave. Best kind of tourism. Best kind of tax dollars. Dollars tied to tourism. All right. That's the show. I got a Zoom call. Thank you kindly for joining us. I'll try to answer as many of these questions as possible. Judah Wickhauer and Jerry Miller, The I Live Seville Show on a Monday. So long, everybody.